Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, October 3rd, 2017. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, there's just too much crap going on in the news for us to, uh, you know, idly banter here, I feel like, at the top of the show. So uh, if that's okay with you, I think we should just dispense with that for today. Absolutely. First up in the news, Lynn Lynn Manuel Miranda encourages people to help. Yeah, James, when we recorded yesterday's show, it was before the senseless and horrific tragedy in Las Vegas had occurred. However, at that point, we actually talked about Lin-Manuel Miranda's social media efforts to hold the president accountable for the recovery efforts in Puerto Rico and to encourage people to donate to charities helping those most in need. We also mentioned the efforts of Colin Donnell and Patty Murin uh, to spearhead donations as well. As another horrific tragedy unfolded in our country, Lynn returned to provide a number of clear-headed ways that people can help others suffering in Las Vegas, Puerto Rico, Texas, Florida, and really anywhere else. In a series of social media posts, he said, quote, you can give blood, you can help Puerto Rico, you can help the Virgin Islands, you can help Mexico, no shortage of ways to do good today. You can volunteer, you can call your representatives, you can find a place to send supplies, no shortage of ways to do good today. Now, James, I know that this is only barely qualifying as a theater news story, um, but with all of the unimaginable suffering going on in our country and in our world, I figured it was probably a good reminder that we aren't completely powerless. And though we are each but one person, we can, as a collective of concerned and compassionate citizens, in fact, make a difference. So whether it is giving to the Hispanic Coalition, the Red Cross, specific vetted GoFundMe campaigns, or volunteering yourself or giving blood, although if you're a gay man, you're not allowed, which is ridiculous, but we'll save that for another time. Um, Whatever it is, if you are so moved There are dozens, if not hundreds, of ways that you can do a small part to make the world a slightly better place for those of us that need a hand at this particular moment. And I've been so encouraged by seeing all of the people in my timeline who are not only encouraging people to do something, but doing things as well. So um, if you are able, uh, please find a way to help out those uh, that need it, because unfortunately, there are a lot of people in need right now. It's... um encouraging after such tragedy to see large uh communities that um often fly under the radar uh take action uh, our local uh, girl scouts and boy scouts are are doing uh various fundraising drives and things like that before what had happened uh in Las Vegas and uh the Broadway community as well and lots of local theater companies so um it just amongst among all this tragedy is uh, a bright light of beacon with uh, great people showing us that uh, it does get better. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, next up in the news, when pigs fly, the off-Broadway revival is canceled. Yeah, James, while comparatively not nearly as bad as the situations that I mentioned in the last segment, but from a theatrical perspective, this is disappointing. As Natalie told everybody in her theatrical calendar on yesterday's show, the off-Broadway revival of Howard Crabtree's When Pigs Fly was scheduled to begin performances on Friday. But yesterday morning, it was announced that there had been a shortfall in the investment and that the production had been canceled. Ticket buyers were instructed to return to their point of purchase for refunds. James, I know a lot of people 
We're looking forward to this. We'd love the original and Bob Mackey's costumes had gotten all of these, you know, you know, people were really looking forward to seeing what he would do the second time with the show. Um, and I know it has to be especially heartbreaking to everybody who was involved with the show. So um, I'm really sorry to hear this, um, you know, again, comparatively not the worst news in the world, but for the people who are involved, it, it it's pretty significantly uh, distressing, I'm sure. All right. Uh, what happened in last week's Broadway Grosses? Well, James, in total, the collective box office dropped about $785,000, but because A Doll's House Part 2 had closed the previous week and War Paint last week took a scheduled vacation week, the gross per show actually increased by a little more than $44,000. 16 of the 24 shows running last week saw week-to-week gains, with Kinky Boots getting a nearly $71,000 bump to top that list in the first week of Billy Porter and Stark Sands' return engagement. It'll be interesting to me to see if that show's original stars will be able to keep the momentum up as their run progresses. I can't imagine that they will do the same kind of business that Brendan Urie did. Obviously, he was in the summer as well. Um, But it's nice to see get a little bit of a bump in that first week. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory had the biggest decline, dropping $109,580. Believe it or not, that's actually $46,000 less than the show dropped the previous week. The closest show in terms of red numbers was Aladdin, which dipped just over $36,000. So there's a significant gap in between those two. Obviously, Charlie is a kid-friendly show, despite the unrepentant child murder. Um, But you have to wonder if it will make it past the holiday season with numbers like these as the winter months creep up in January and February. And then a couple of pretty big-name shows start to make that Broadway space that it occupies really, really crowded. You have to wonder if they can continue to pull in enough grosses to uh, keep the show afloat. Hamilton led the way, of course, at $2,941,667, followed by Hello, Dolly at $2.3 million, The Lion King at $1.87, Dear Evan Hansen at $1.68, and Wicked at $1.3. The other seven-figure earners were Come From Away and The Book of Mormon. My Dark Horse Beautiful continued its predicted fall resurgence, coming in at just under $823,000, good for 10th on the list this week. Our beloved Bubble Watch show, The Play That Goes Wrong, did have some positive momentum, moving up to $319,543 on the week. Other than that, James, it was pretty much status quo. Um, I don't know that we'll learn anything significant from the grosses this week, but, you know, it was pretty much what you would expect for, you know, the the end of September on Broadway. I just uh, was thinking that the Come come From Away is... uh really flying flying under the radar there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you think, uh, you know, the shows like Hello, Dolly! and Dear Evan Hansen are getting all of the big, you know, publicity and word of mouth from this past season. But Come From Away has consistently been in the Million Dollar Club for most of its run. Maybe not all of it, but I think once Tony nominations came out and stuff, I think that's probably about when it started getting up there. So it's a little little show that could kind of thing. And uh, I have a feeling that this one will be around for a long, long time and might actually outlast Year of Hansen and Hello, Dolly. Hmm. Uh, did you talk about Anastasia? I don't 
recall if he mentioned how I, I did not mention Anastasia, but it did fairly well. It bumped up $38,115 to come in at $822,993. It was actually 11th on the list this week, just behind Beautiful. So uh, continuing to do well. Another show from last season, uh, Bronx Tale, was just two spots back, still doing fairly well. It dropped about 22000 but it was uh, at seven seven thousand or 700000 Sorry, $713,000 for the Bronx Tale over the Long Acre. So some of these new shows are still continuing to do well, despite the grosses overall not being as hot as they were a few months ago. Okay, next up, Patti Lapone to tour her new album. Yeah, James, last week, the iconic Patti Lapone released her latest live double album, Don't Monkey with Broadway, with design by Robbie Rizal. And the album is... In a word, scrum diddly umptious. It's fantastic. Um, well, yesterday it was announced that in the spring, following the closing of War Paint on December 30th, Lapone will take her show on the road beginning in April. She will hit the thriving metropoli of Tallahassee, Inglewood, New Jersey, South Bend, Indiana, Clinton, New Jersey, Schenectady, and Rochester, New York. Uh, hopefully that she continues to do this show other places as well. I saw her do her... I think it was Woulda, Shoulda, Coulda tour a few years ago. And then I saw her on Broadway with Mandy Patinkin and their concert. And seeing Patti Lapone in concert is an unforgettable experience, James. So I hope that she adds some more dates. I know she does a ton of television when she's not on Broadway. But I hope she gets a chance to do this concert for many, many more people in bigger and bigger cities across the country. Okay, next up in the news, Ticketmaster sues a scalper for $10 million. Yeah, James. Yesterday, the New York Daily News reported that Ticketmaster had filed suit against a scalping company who allegedly used illegal technology to buy a bunch of tickets to high-profile events, including Hamilton, and then resell them at exponentially higher prices. The lawsuit was filed against Prestige Entertainment. James, that's nothing you're involved with, right? I can't comment on ongoing... Pending, pending. Yeah, yeah, got it. Um, anyway, um, uh, the suit reportedly seeks damages in excess of $10 million. Apparently, Ticketmaster had been tracking the company for the past two years, and they alleged that Prestige Entertainment had created bots that could buy up to 30,000 tickets at a time, often getting 40% of the Hamilton tickets released at a time. Ticketmaster eventually canceled those sales and then put them back on sale. But James, my question is, if Ticketmaster can sue Prestige Entertainment for using bots, can the American people sue Russia for doing the same thing as well? Mm, I'm going to say there's a jurisdictional problem with the Russia thing. I mean, it, Prestige no. Entertainment seems to be based in uh, Connecticut, which is a little bit closer. I can mm. see it from my house. Oh, yeah, well, there you go. Living on Long Island. Nicely done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's up in the recommendation section? All right, James, there was so much crappy news to deal with yesterday that I wanted to give you a few things that hopefully will perk you up. First, we got the the very first pictures of the stage adaptation of The Honeymooners that is playing at the Paper Mill Playhouse. It, of course, stars Tony Award winner Michael McGraw, the fantastic Leslie Kritzer, Tony nominee Laura Bell Bundy, and Michael Mastro. 
the uh, show is running through as of now, October 29th. And these pictures are really, really cool, James. We're so used to seeing the Honeymooners in black and white because it was a TV show in the 50s. But the set is really cool with a great skyline of New York. Um, and I really, really like it. I, I have no idea what the show is like. I haven't heard any of the music. But just from the pictures, it definitely conjures a uh, really cool vibe to see the Honeymooners in a much, much different light, literally and figuratively, than we're used to seeing it. All right. Uh, And the Simpsons are going to Broadway. (laughs) Yeah, James. Apparently on their next episode, airing this Sunday, the 8th, the Simpsons episode is going to be titled Springfield Splendor, which they will. uh, Lisa apparently has written a graphic novel that she tries to turn into a Broadway show. Um, And apparently um, such people as Alison Bechtel will appear as herself. Crazy ex-girlfriend creator and star Rachel Bloom will appear, as will TV creator Dan Harmon. Um, There's some pictures from the first episode or of this episode in uh, the show notes. We'll give you a link. And the thing that I really liked is, Apparently, again, this is based on a graphic novel by Lisa Simpson. There's a huge, giant robotic puppet of Homer Simpson. And there are these (laughs) – the people uh, controlling Homer's arms are in these full black bodysuits. It just – it's such a cliche thing of of theater. It's very Finding Neverland. And uh, it made me laugh. So I've never watched The Simpsons. When it started, I was too young and my parents wouldn't let me. But um, this looked really funny. Okay. And then, oh, I, I stepped on your <laughs> intro, but and then uh, this it, this intro, I'll take it because it's about me. Is if we needed more theater podcasts that I'm a, a part of, uh, I we we put out a new episode of this new thing that I'm doing with my Broadway World colleague Alan Henry. I don't really do anything; I just sit there and talk, and he does the rest. But in our first episode, we talked to. The Queen, Leslie Margarita, we had some really great conversations about her career, about her philosophy on being a performer. And then we left Alan out of the conversation and Leslie and I talked about Star Wars. So if you want to uh, listen to that, you can subscribe on wherever you subscribe. We'll also have a link to the first episode in the show notes as well. All right. Why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter at BWWMatt. You can subscribe to something like a pop on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for uh, spending some of your Tuesday with us. And Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow. Tomorrow.